It's time for the world to see what God has done. For we were once in darkness, but now we are light in the Lord. Baptism is an act of faith. It's a celebration, a beacon cutting through the fog, a message to the world that a lost cause has been redeemed, that God is here and he is transforming lives. So embrace this moment. Declare his glory and let your light shine. Well, good morning. Let me welcome you to Crossroads. We are excited that you are here. Let me also welcome those who are joining us on Facebook Live. We welcome you and we're excited that you're with us also. That video is just a reminder that next Sunday in both of our services, the 8.30 and 10 a.m. service, we will be observing baptism. So if you have made a decision to follow Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you have not taken that next step, that all-important step of baptism, we would encourage you to stop by the information kiosk today, pick up a baptism packet like the one I'm holding in my hand, fill that out and get that back to us this week, and we will get you scheduled next week, either at the 8.30 or the 10 a.m. service, whichever one works best for you. And let me just say this, you're watching us online, you're not here uh, and you would like that information, send us an email, info at crossroadslebanon.com, and we will send you the digital version of the contents of this package, and you can fill that out, and you can send that back to us this week, and we will get you scheduled. And again, if you can't do next weekend, that's okay. We'll get you scheduled for the next weekend uh, when we schedule it in the future. Again, we've kind of put off baptism, and I think we probably, honestly, it go, it, you're looking at me, you'll hear what I'm about to say. I mean, I think we honestly made a mistake by being too careful. Uh, I know with all the sickness and stuff going on, but I think we could have done it a, ahead of time, and we just continued to put it off because there was so much of this sickness going around. But again, we just kind of wanted to be safe. But again, you know, it, there's nothing we can do about it now. Well, this morning, uh, we are two weeks removed from something that we've done only twice here as a church. Uh, we're two weeks removed from something that was called the 31-Day Challenge. And if you don't know what the 31-Day Challenge was, the 31-Day Challenge was a time, the second time in history uh, of our church where we said, you know what, we're going to read through some scripture in the Bible together, and we're going to do it as a church, and we're going to do it as a group. But the 31-Day Challenge was actually... Uh, our attempt and your attempt to read a chapter a day of the book of Proverbs. It started on January the 1st and went through the 31st. There are 31 chapters in Proverbs. There was one chapter for every day. And the reason why we did that is because we wanted you to be in Proverbs while we were going to be in Proverbs. It was really connected uh, to this series, Follow the Yellow Brick Road. Somebody gifted me a donut before the service, which it was so good. And now I want to belch, okay? So there you go. That's just a, that's the problem. But it was really, really good. So anyway, the, this morning we're continuing this series where we're going through the book of Proverbs. And as we go through this book, we're just digging through the wisdom and allowing that wisdom that we find in the book of Proverbs to be something that we not only read about, but we take it and we practice it. We implement it in our life. So what better way to find out how the wisdom could impact your life than reading through the book of Proverbs as part of the 31-day challenge? Uh, it, it was exciting to, to do that and to do that together. And really, I was so encouraged by many of the emails and the text messages and, and the correspondence that I got from different people who were 
with me reading through the book of Proverbs. Uh, the exciting thing for most of us was, uh, you know, again, uh, as we started reading and we started finding out the, the wisdom that's actually found in the book of Proverbs, many of you said, you know, I, I, I just want to continue to read it. Uh, I want to know about it. And here's the thing. Just because we read through it during the month of January, it doesn't mean that we're going to stop the series. So honestly, there's so much wisdom in the book of Proverbs that we're going to go through the end of this month, which is February, and we'll probably go into the month of March. So we want to encourage you, even though the challenge is over, what we want to do is to encourage you to stay in the book of Proverbs, reading the book of Proverbs during the coming weeks. We want to continue to ask you just to, to make reading the book of Proverbs part of your devotion time, part of your daily quiet time. Because again, I just personally know that there is so much wisdom there that you need to discover in Proverbs. And, and it's been during my reading this past month, really the past six weeks, that, that I probably have discovered, or I did discover, that I could probably speak through this book for the remainder of the year. I mean, I honestly, there's so much meat in the book of Proverbs that I could probably take the book of Proverbs and go through it the rest of 2022. Because again, I want you to understand when I started this series, I thought, you know what, I'm going to do three or four weeks, but actually now it looks like we're probably going to do eight or nine weeks. We could, we could, we could do 10 weeks. But again, when I started this, I had no idea that it was going to go this long in this series. But here's the thing. I, I, I've discovered as I've, as I've been reading through this with you, through the book of Proverbs, that this book has some amazing insights. It has some amazing insights for life that are actually contained within the chapters of the book of Proverbs. And much of what is written in the book of Proverbs are things that I need, and I need to take it and read it and I need to make that wisdom a part of my life if I'm going to get the most out of the life that God has given me. I need to read it and not just read it. I need to read it and I need to marinate in it. And then I need to take what I'm reading and I need to make that a part of my life if I'm truly going to live out the life that God has given me. I've noticed that a lot of the wisdom that I've been reading during these last six weeks, it just simply isn't something that I have honestly taken and incorporated into my life. But it's the exposure over the last six weeks up until now that has really opened my eyes to the fact that there are many areas, hear what I'm saying, there are many areas in my life because of the wisdom that I have read in Proverbs, I now realize that I have areas in my life that honestly, those areas need adjustment. And not only do they need adjustment, but they are also areas where I need to begin to apply the wisdom that is actually found in the book of Proverbs. And during this past month, you know, it's been interesting. It's always interesting to talk to you and to listen to what you have to say. But I've had the opportunity to talk with you guys and, and really, honestly, 
I know some of you probably have no idea what the 31-day challenge was. Again, that's why you need to follow us on social media because, again, we don't hand out bulletins like we used to. We probably will start that again before long. That had a lot of information. But if you don't follow us on social media, you're probably not going to know some of the things that we're doing. But a lot of people have been real excited about the 31-day challenge and, and just getting into the book of Proverbs and reading it as a, as a couple, as a family, as a group. And, and, and I think that as we've done that, we, we can all say, because most of you have told me, that as you have been exposed to the book of wisdom, this book of wisdom, the book of Proverbs, it, it started to cause many of us to look at our lives and realize that, you know, based on the wisdom that's found there, you're like me and you need to make adjustments. You need to make adjustments when it comes to the way that you're doing life. The wisdom of Proverbs has kind of opened our eyes to the fact that, you know what, there are some changes that all of us, those in the auditorium, those listening and watching online, there are just changes based on the wisdom that we've seen and read. There are changes that we need to make in our lives. We need to apply more of this wisdom. Now think about this. We need to apply more of the, the wisdom in Proverbs to help us live better lives. And most of you know that that statement, applying the wisdom to, make a, to, to help me live a better life, that, that statement in and of itself kind of connects with the definition of wisdom that we've been using since we started this series uh, four weeks ago, this being the fifth week. I want to look at that definition. Look at the, look at the defini definition of wisdom behind me, because again, this is not a definition that you're going to find online. If you did, somebody copied me, because I actually am the one who originated this. Uh, again, this is my definition, and thought, I thought, you know what? This is to me what wisdom is. Wisdom is living skillfully in the condition in which I find myself. That, that's, that's just wisdom to me. It's living skillfully in the condition in which we find ourselves. And I'm going to tell you this morning, even though you see that wisdom up there, it's not just wisdom. To me, that's biblical wisdom. Biblical wisdom is living skillfully in the conditions in which I find myself. And you think about it, and you look at that definition, and we're going to leave it up there, because the definition alone speaks volumes. And it speaks volumes simply because it doesn't limit the way that wisdom can be used in my life or in your life. Living skillfully or practicing wisdom can apply to all of us. Whether you're living a life where you're having the time of your life, or whether you're living a life where you are constantly facing one challenging situation after another. Wisdom is something that applies, and wisdom is something that can be used in your life in, or in my life, and it doesn't matter where you or I find ourselves. And that's probably something that some of you have noticed if as you have read through the book of Proverbs. Wisdom is something that can be applied to any condition that you may be living in, whether that condition is good or whether that condition is bad. And, and I thought about that. It's the living conditions. Now think about this. 
It's the living condition that you find yourself in right now that is really making this subject of pursuing wisdom so important and so timely. I mean, using wisdom is so relevant to where many of us in this room find ourselves in life right now. I mean, just take a minute and think about your circle of friends. And think about some of the conversations that you have had with those in your circle of influence. Because I'm going to guarantee if your circle of influence is like my circle of influence and you're having those very intimate conversations with people that you know and people that you care and people that you love, I'm going to almost guarantee you that the people in your life are telling you that they are now going through things in their life that they never dreamed that they would have to go through. That's the number one thing that I am consistently hearing from people. Randy, I'm having to go through things that I never dreamed that I would have to go through. I'm dealing with a circumstance or a situation that I never saw myself in or my family in or my company in. They're having to deal with things they never saw coming. It's the situations and circumstances of their lives that for the most part, those things have not turned out the way that they hoped they would or the way that they dreamed that they would. And most people will tell you, if you had the power, if given the chance, they would change that situation or that circumstance in their life because it's not what they wanted. It's not what they hoped. It's not what they dreamed that it would be. I mean, just think about it today. How many of you can look at your job, your health, your relationships, and if you had the ability to instantly change some circumstances or situation that is going on in your life, wouldn't you change it? I mean, isn't there something in your life right now that you're going through that you would say, you know, Randy, if I had the power, if, if I had the magical power of being able to change something, I would change it in a minute. Because you have a situation in your life, like I have a situation in my life right now, and that situation is causing me unneeded anxiety. And because of that anxiety, if I could, personally, I would change it. And I think we all would. I think we all have some situation or circumstance, marriage, health, relationship, the, you know, job. We, we would change it. And most of us who want to change something in our lives, we're talking about something that's bringing into our life anxiety. And let me tell you, it's not just bringing with it anxiety. It also is bringing with it what I call unneeded worry. It causes us to worry. And again, we're not talking about something good because, again, as you walk through life, like I walk through life, you, you want to hold on to the good things. The good things are the things that we want to hold on to. But it's the difficult things. Those are the things that we want to change. And over the last two years, so many of us, have seen changes that we never dreamed that those changes 
were going to happen to us. I mean, think from March 2020 until now, how much change you and I have had to walk through and how the things that have happened that were out of our control, those things have caused anxiety and they caused worry. And it's these very changes. Those changes have not only started to impact our health. Let, let me tell you, one of the biggest things that these changes that you had no control over, one of the biggest places that that has started to impact you and me is not just in our health, but, but it's in our mental health. These changes have started to impact everything from our, from our jobs to our relationships. And, and they're pressing many people to the point that they're starting to, you know, feel like, you know what, I'm just, I just don't feel like I'm a part of anything. I feel like I'm lost and I feel like I'm alone when it comes to life. So it was while I've been listening to you guys and not just listening to you. I don't just always listen to you. Many times I tell you I preach from the things that I'm going through. But again, I've been listening to you and then looking at some of the situations that I've been going through myself. And I realized that, you know what, maybe I'm missing something. Because I, I've always lived with this expectation that my life was supposed to be good. I, you know, again, I don't say this the way it's going to sound. I, I, I care about you, but the, moment, the main thing I care about is me. You care about me, but the real thing you care about is you. And again, if, if I look at my life and, and, and the way that I had predicted and wanted my life to be, I'm just going to tell you, I have always lived with a sense of expectation that things in my life are supposed to be a certain way. And again, I think as an American, that's something that you and I are just prone to do. I mean, you know, we, 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 we've always been able to go to a restaurant before March 2020. We've always been able to go to the store and get what we wanted. The shelves were always full. The gas was cheap most of the time. The cars were big. The houses were nice. I just always had this expectation that there were certain things in life that were just, I mean, that's just the way I expected it to be. And let me tell you, that again is something that I believe as Americans, we're prone to do. We have this expectation. We live with a sense, a sense of expectation of the way our lives are supposed to be. And again, it's not just a sense of expectation. It's really something else that I think has taken root in America. We live with a sense of entitlement. You think you're owed that. You live in the land of the free and the home of the brave. You think that America owes you something because you're an American. You don't realize that the rest of the world, for the most part, lives on less than $2 a day if you average it out. That's half the price of a gallon of gas. As an American, you live with a sense of entitlement just like I do. But then when things don't meet your sense of expectation, that's when you begin to question. That's when you begin to think that maybe God has forgotten you. Or maybe you think that God is up there in heaven and he's just ignoring you and he's not doing his part. But here's the thing. 
as I was reading through the book of Proverbs, as, as part of this series, it was reading through the book of Proverbs, and I had totally forgot that there were two verses in Proverbs. And when I ran across these verses, they rocked my world. Because these are two verses that I have heard people literally quote all of my life. And if you remember last week, I said something in this service. I know I said it in this service that we're going to cover these verses in a couple of weeks. Well, it's not a couple of weeks. It's today. But I made reference last week to these two verses. And, and see, here's the thing. As I'm reading through the book of Proverbs as part of the 31-day challenge and studying for this series... As I looked at what I'm going through in my personal life, I'm not talking about your life. I'm talking about what I'm going through in my life. And then I looked at what so many of you are going through. That's when I began to focus on these two verses out of all of the 31 chapters of the book of Proverbs. And these two verses backed me into a corner. And it really made me wonder, with all that I have going on in my life, what's going on? Because I read these verses, and then I look at what's going on in my life, and it makes me wonder. So today, as we go through these verses, and more importantly, as we look very closely at just two of these verses, I think you may find that the way that you've been thinking and what these two verses are actually saying, your thinking and what these verses are saying, it's actually on a collision course. Because you're probably like me. There's going to be a collision. And once that collision happens you're probably going to begin to see these verses, these two verses, in a totally different light. And the reason why you're going to look at these two verses in a different light is probably because of something we said in week two of this series. Because in the second week of this series, not only did we talk about this, but we've mentioned this several times since then because we've realized that it was important to really grasping the 31-day challenge and understanding this series. As we step back and review, you're going to see the importance of understanding. And as we look specifically at two of these verses this morning, I think that at least some of you are going to find that you made the same mistake that I made when it comes to the way that you look and think and incorporate these two verses into your life. Now, if you remember when we started this series, I thought it was really important for all of us to understand what a proverb really was. And the way I told you, I'm going to help you understand what a proverb is and the way I'm going to help you understand what a proverb is, is to actually tell you what a proverb is not. 
And I said this in that second week, or maybe in the first week. I said a proverb is not a law. And in that second week, we gave you some examples like you find in the book of, of, of Exodus of what a law is. And we talked about that. So we said, you want to know what a proverb is? I'll tell you, a proverb is not a law. And the second thing we said is this, a proverb is not a promise. And once again, we looked at a couple of promises that were found in the Scripture. One of those was in the Old Testament book of Deuteronomy. And it was also in that second week that we said what a proverb was. And the way that we defined a proverb is this. Look, look at the screen behind me. We said a proverb, it's not a law, it's not a promise, but a proverb is really a catchy, clever, kind of witty way to describe the way that things generally are. A proverb is a catchy, clever description of the way that things generally are. And then we took that definition. Now, again, let me tell you what I told the first service. If you ever need to stop and get your camera out on your phone and make a picture of what you see behind me, I encourage you to do that because, again, you need that for context going forward as you try to live out the Scripture that we're teaching and talking about. So a proverb is a catchy, clever description of the way things generally are. But we didn't stop there. We actually tagged something else onto that. And here's the thing we tagged on to that. We said this, Proverbs are also wise observation about kingdom living. Wise observations about kingdom living. So we know that a proverb is not a law. They're not promises. But Proverbs are catchy, clever descriptions of the way things generally are. They are wise observations when it comes to kingdom living. And I want you to hear what I'm about to say because I know some of you are new, some of you are visiting. Proverbs are not guaranteed formulas that you are going to succeed. Proverbs do not guarantee that you're going to have success. And there are exceptions to Proverbs. But remember what I'm saying. Proverbs is not going to guarantee you, a proverb is not going to guarantee you that you're going to have success in your marriage, in your finances, at work, or as a parent. But a proverb is a wise observation about kingdom living that is really said in a catchy, clever way. So what I need you to do today is to make a mental note of that definition because a mental note of that definition is going to be very important when it comes to looking at the Scripture this morning. Now, just a few minutes ago, I mentioned that the fact that so many of us right now, I mean, live, I, I talked to somebody before the service, living in situations that if somebody would have suggested that I would have started out 2022 in that situation, if you would have said that was going to happen to me, you know what I would have done? I would have laughed in their face. And I know that's where many of you are. You find yourself at the start of this new year and rewind six months ago, two years ago. If somebody would have told you that you're having to endure what you're having to endure right now, six months ago, two years ago, you would have laughed in their face. Because some of you are dealing with unexpected things that are going on in your job. I mean, some people are dealing with problems in their marriages, in their relationships. Some people are dealing with health issues. 
And regardless of what unexpected thing you have going on, regardless of what that unexpected thing that you have going on in your life right now is, there seems to be, no matter what it is, those, those things that we're dealing with seem to have brought with them what I call a new sense of worry. I mean, think about it. You worry now. The job is cut back. The job, you've been laid off. Now you worry. Am I going to be able to make the house payment? You start worrying, am I going to have enough to take care of my kids from one paycheck to the next paycheck? I mean, you're, you're worrying, what, what's my husband doing when he sits down behind the computer? What's my wife doing? Is it possible that when they're there behind the computer, could they be having an affair? Maybe you worry what the doctor is going to say as it relates to the test that you had a couple of weeks ago. Again, regardless of what you have happening in your life, it seems that many times we're finding ourselves at places that are the furthest from what we want or expected them to be. And it's when we go through these times that many of us feel like we are going through those times by ourselves because we long for things to be the way we expected them to be. We live with a sense of expectation. We long for things to be the way that we expected them to be. We want to experience something that I think that could best be defined as contentment. That's what we want. We want contentment. We want life to be the way that we expected it to be. We hoped and dreamed that this would be our marriage, this would be our job, this would be our health. We want contentment. Contentment, honestly, is, is something that I think most Americans think that we're entitled to. As Americans, we, we seem to think that we're entitled to, to certain things. And one of the things that I think Americans think they are entitled to is to be able to live a life where it's like I wanted it to be. I want a life of contentment. And for the most part, when you think about contentment, contentment is living our life free of pain, free of obstacles. You, like me, just want everything to be the way that you expected it to be. Everything should be good. Because your life should be everything you had, you had hoped and dreamed it would. Our lives should be free of the very things that many of us are experiencing even right now on the 13th day of February of 2022. So, so given the fact that many of us are living lives right now that are defined by anxiety, a life that is defined by worry, then, then the question is this, what wisdom could the book of Proverbs provide to us? What, what wisdom is there that the book of Proverbs could give us that's going to help us get through the, the difficult situations and the circumstances that are a part of our lives right now? How can we mind from the book of wisdom something that's going to help us move forward into this new year? So if you have your Bible with you today, and uh, I want to ask you to open it to the book of Proverbs chapter 3, because it's in chapter 3, that's where we're going to look at wisdom and not just look at wisdom, we're going to look at wisdom that was written down for us. And here is what I believe. It's this wisdom 
that we're going to look at in just a moment that speaks clearly to these very difficult times that many of us are experiencing right now. So chapter 3, verse 1, it's going to be on the screen behind me. So if you don't have your Bible or if you can't see, you'll be able to see it on the screen behind me. But here's what the writer writes in chapter 3, verse 1. He says, My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart. For they, what, what, what's they? Teachings and my commands. For they are the things that will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and humankind. Now, just like last week, the, the writer takes the approach in what we just read of, of, of like a father speaking to a son. And, and it's in these four verses that the writer shows the value of wisdom and what wisdom, listen, 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 what wisdom truly means if you plan to live a lengthy life. There's a connection between wisdom and, and living a long life. You need to understand that because that, that's what the writer is telling us here. There's a connection of, of, of taking the wisdom and making it a part of your life and using it because when you do, you can expect, not a guarantee, but you can expect to have a long and fruitful life. Now, notice that the writer is communicating to us in these verses He's communicating things that improve the, the quality and the length of your life. But let's go on. Look at what it says in the next verse. Verse, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Oh, see, see, does, does that, does it say, I mean, this, this, this is where we are. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on, on, your, on your own understanding. But in all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. Two of the most repeated and memorized verses in all of Scripture. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways, some translations say, acknowledge him, and he's going to make your path straight. You know what I can guarantee you almost? If you could go to the public square today and visit 316, Urban Mill, Poppy's Boutique, the Wellness Bar, I think that's what it's called, the new place. I mean, they're all just great, cool, trendy. Shop there. You need to shop there. Quit Amazon and shop there, okay? I can almost guarantee you that if you left here today and all four of those places were open, you could go in at least one of those places and you're going to find that scripture. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways, submit to him. And he's going to make your path straight. Because these are two of the most memorized and repeated scriptures in the entire scripture. As Christians, we're constantly memorizing those scriptures. 
But it made me think. Is it possible that the way that we're using those two verses, is it our use of those two verses, is that what's setting us up to be disappointed? Is that what's setting us up for discouragement? The way that we repeat and we name and we claim those verses. We're, we're going to come back to those two verses, but let's go on. Look at, look at what the writer says. He says, do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. Now think about that. Because the writer is basically saying, are you, are you trying to make decisions on your own? Are you making decisions without praying? Are you trying to make the tough decisions of your life without God's guidance? Without wisdom? But let's keep going. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Oh, here he goes. Watch out, watch out, Randy. Here he goes. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing. Your vats will brim over with new wine. You know, it's interesting because when you look in the Old Testament, there's a practice that you see in the Old Testament. And the practice was this, offering as a portion of one's means to God, the first fruits. Well, why would you give God the first? Because it's our way of acknowledging God as our provider. That was the practice in the Old Testament. Acknowledging God because it's God who owns it all. It's God who causes it all to happen. See, and here's the thing. Probably one of the biggest mistakes that many of us in this auditorium and many of you watching online are making is that you're failing to practice wisdom in this area. Because so many people consider themselves to be the source of everything that they have. But the writer is very, very keen here. So many people consider themselves as the source of what they have. And they fail to offer God anything. And not once do we offer or recognize him as the provider. But you simply have to look at the way verse 10 is written to realize that both of the things mentioned are things that are ultimately out of human control. The grain and the grapes. It's God who controls those things. And the Old Testament practice was to take an offering, a portion of one's means, and giving it to God, always acknowledging Him as a provider as your provider. And many of us right now are failing to practice this wisdom in our life. Did you get a paycheck last week? Last month? Every two weeks? Did you get a windfall from selling some stock? 
Did you make some capital gains on a, on a house that you flipped and that you sold? See, it's, you're not the provider. It's ultimately God. And let me tell you this morning, when you rob God, you miss out on God's blessings. We need to be practicing this kind of wisdom in our life. And you've heard me say this before, and, and, and let me tell you, take this to the bank. If you can't give and be a part of the church that you attend, then give it somewhere else. But don't rob God of the blessing. Don't rob God and fail to recognize him as the provider. Because again, it's he that controls everything. You simply have to look at the way the writer wrote this in verse 10. Because it was intentional. God controls the grapes. God controls the grain. Let's keep going. Look at the next verse. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent his, do not resent his rebuke. Because the Lord disciplines those he loves as, the father, as a father, the son he delights in. Now again, these are amazing verses. All of the verses. All the verses that we just read. All 12 of them. And in the context of wisdom, if I read those 12 verses and then kind of lay them beside my life, I can feel pretty good. I can feel pretty good about it. But it was two verses. It was when I was looking at verse 5 and 6. And it was thinking about the way that I had applied those verses to my life in the past. that I begin to start to question myself. And the question that made its way to the surface is the question that I'm going to put on the screen behind me so that you can see it. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways submit to him, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. Didn't the Lord say that he was going to make my path straight? Yes, that's exactly what he said. So I started to question myself, is it possible that I have understood exactly what that means? Because if God is going to make my path straight, because that's what the scripture told me, if I acknowledge him and lean not on my own understanding, he's going to make my path straight. So if that's the case... Why am I dealing with situations in my life that bring with them worry? That bring with them anxiety? Because here's what I think has happened. I think over time you've done the same thing that I've done. And we've taken those two verses, five and six, and we have applied them to our life as a promise. We, we thought it was like a guarantee that, that God was going to take the situations and the problems out. He's just going to remove those. They're, they're not going to be a part of my life. When something happens that I didn't see coming, when something happens that I didn't expect to happen to me in my life, 
when something finds its way onto my path that I don't want, then you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to name and claim those verses till I'm blue in the face because then he's going to make my path straight. We've come to the place in life where we feel like by repeating these verses that we're validating the fact that we should live a life that is defined by contentment. In other words, everything in my life should be right. It should be the way I hoped and dreamed it would. Because the verse said, he's going to make my path straight. And that's where I believe you have to stop. I believe you have to stop in this moment and examine your view of God and who God is. And then we have to look at who we are. Remember what it said in chapter 1 of Proverbs, verse 7. Look, look behind me. It says, the fear of the Lord. We covered this in the very first week. It's the beginning of knowledge. And the reason we covered that is because it's important for you and I to remember that He's God. And we're not. The fear of the Lord. That means that we simply, regardless of what's happening in our life, we, we, we just recognize that it's God who's in control. And ultimately, everything rests with Him. It all rests with Him. It's not Donald Trump. It's not Joe Biden. It's not a conservative or a liberal. It's God. We have a respect for Him and His ability to simply be the Lord of our lives. Let me tell you, living a life where the path is straight is not living a life of contentment where everything is going to be right and everything is going to be wonderful in your world. Living a life of contentment where the path is straight is where we live our lives free of worry and anxiety because we have that fear, the fear of the Lord. And regardless of what's going on in our life, we trust Him. And we've placed our trust in Him. Contentment. Living a life free of worry and anxiety. Regardless of what is happening in your life. That's simply something that flows out of our lives when we have a proper view of God and who God is. Let me ask you a question today. I mean, think about today. 
Do you trust God today so that you can have your hopes and dreams fulfilled and live a life of contentment where everything is like you hoped it would be or like the world tells you that it should be? Or do you truly trust God? Submitting your life to His will regardless of what that might mean. Let me tell you this morning, Crossroads, my lips to your ears. Your path is made straight. Not because it's easy. Not because you're going to be free from experiencing pain in your life. And not because you're living a life that is free of anxiety and worry. Your path is made straight. Hold on to this. Write this down. Remember this. Your path is made straight simply because he's the one who's in control. And wisdom tells us that living for God and trusting him, that's the most reasonable thing that you and I can do with our life. You see the importance of wisdom? Would you bow your heads this morning and pray with me, please? God, it's so easy sometimes to read Scripture without clarity. To read Scripture and to misunderstand. To bring something out of the Scripture that's really not there. Because oftentimes, God, we believe what we want to believe and we see what we want to see and we hear what we want to hear. But the truth this morning that I believe you're speaking to us, Crossroads Church, here in this auditorium, online, to people all around the world, is that today it's about having a proper view of God. And wisdom says, trust God. And to realize that He's the one that's in control. And that when we reach out to you, God, that you'll speak to us. And when the waves overtake us and the circumstances are more than we can bear, God, we don't have to lean back. We can lean into you, trusting that you're in control. And God, that you will never leave us nor forsake us. That you will go before us and that you will be behind us. And that you will make the path straight. It may not be the way that we saw it or that we wanted it, but we trust you in every situation of our life. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him. Are you acknowledging him this morning? because he's the one who's in control and he will make your path straight. God, we love you and we thank you for this time together, this time of worship as we pray in Jesus' name.
fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. It's recognizing who God truly is. 